0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey, it's great to have you with us at Church Online today. You made a great choice tuning in. My name's Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Arena Church. and We're in this series at the moment called A Faith That Works When Life Doesn't. I don't know about you, but I found this series to be so impacting and helpful as we've looked at testing, doing, speaking, and overcoming, all from the book of James. And I've got the privilege today of wrapping this series up as we look at James 5. Just before we do that, though, come on, let's show the respect that Christian and Phil are do our lead pastor and our teaching pastor. How good has the ministry been over the last few weeks? Come on in the chat. Just honor them wherever you are. So James 5, verse 10 and 11 say this. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Now we'll come back to that in just a second. But what I love about this series is that it's honest. I think sometimes we get positivity and honesty mixed up. See, there's no doubt at the moment that the world just isn't working. If there's one person here today that says my life has not been negatively impacted by coronavirus, I'd be amazed. And for many, this has been a tough season. It seems that life isn't working. Now for those of you who were born before 1990, you'll remember televisions that actually had backs on. So for everybody under 30, what you need to know is this, TVs, they didn't used to be these beautiful things that hang on walls. They used to be these big boxes that had small screens and took up massive room. Like if you would have tried to hang one on a wall, it would have brought the house down. I mean, these things were crazy. Now, you'll not understand this at all, but we only had four channels. That's right, I said it, four channels. I can remember when Channel 5 was launched and everyone was like, this is going to be unbelievable, a new channel, a new choice. Little did we know the channel would be that poor that no one would ever turn it on. But back then, you couldn't... You couldn't pause TV, you couldn't rewind. If you missed the first 10 minutes of your favorite show, guess what, it was gone forever. And TVs back then, they primarily ran on these little things on the top of the TV called an aerial. So depending on the weather, the signal could be good or it could be awful. So you'd be watching England in the semi-finals of Euro 96, and the signal all of a sudden would just disappear. Now, what rational, well-tempered people like my dad did, they walk up the TV and just give it a smack on the side. Now, in reality, it didn't do much, but it was reassuring. See, at the moment, it feels like life is a bit like that. That we've temporarily lost signal, that we've gone off course, that we've lost connection with reality. And we want to give life that big smack to get it back to normal. To get your job back on track, or your family, or your well-being. One big smack will surely sort it out. And similar to the smack on the side of the TV, the things that many of us are doing to combat this moment are irrational and unhelpful. Maybe you've been drinking more than usual, or gone to old habits, Maybe you've been looking at things that you shouldn't, or your spending's gotten out of control. Maybe your attitude has become worse, or your speech has declined. Maybe you've become negative and insular. I don't say this to condemn anyone today. It's been tough. But I want to tell you that there is a faith that is found in Jesus that works even when our lives do not. A faith that's not founded on the roller coaster that can be this life, but is built on the stability and faithfulness of a God who never changes. As the famous story of Jesus shows, in Jesus we can be stable through the storm. I want to tell you today that you can do this. You can get through this moment. You can persevere. Our greatest stories and films are about people. Who have persevered in light of great adversity. What about Forrest Gump? A man who overcame great limitations to live a life that was great. What about Star Wars? triumphing in the face of great evil. Even my Christmas favourite, Home Alone. Come on somebody, Christmas is coming. We're not far off. I know it's November still, but it's coming. I've probably watched 30 Christmas films already. If anyone can beat that, put it in the chat. But even home alone, Kevin McAllister overcame the wet bandits to protect his house. What about Martin Luther King, who stood against racism? What about Winston Churchill, who believed the evil of Hitler would be overcome, even when those around were wavering? What about Jesus, who overcame the evil of our world to save us? We're drawn to these people who've persevered in tough times. We hail them as our heroes and lift them up as those to follow because they have looked adversity in the face and chosen that they will overcome. See, perseverance is the furnace where gold is formed. I believe that we find who we are in the face of adversity. We find what our faith means in the moments where nothing goes to plan. We find out what our foundation is when the earth is shaken. As the people of God, we're called to follow the example of Jesus, who Luke 9.51 tells us he set out resolutely for Jerusalem, where he would endure the cross for you and me. He didn't shrink back from adversity. He didn't try to go around it. He didn't run away from it. He stared it down and faced it, with perseverance come on as the people of God we can call upon the same power that raised Christ from the dead as we face the adversity in our lives and we persevere to overcome and today we're gonna look at faith in persevering let's look at verse 10 and 11 again in the message version says this take the old prophets as your mentors They put up with anything. Went through everything and never once quit. All the time honoring God. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You've heard, of course, of Job's day in power. And you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. That's because God cares. Cares right down to the last detail. James here references Job. Who went through a horrendous time losing his family and his business but he did not lose his faith. Throughout the greatest of trials he stayed resolute. He had a faith that worked when his life didn't. And James highlights that God brought it all back for Job's good in the end. I love the point that that James makes here when he says that that's because God cares cares down to the last detail in this season where it's been hard where maybe you've been hurt where maybe you've struggled it can be easy to question if God cares I want to tell you today that he cares for you he does care he is with you he loves you and he's patiently waiting for you to go to him see I don't believe that God ordained coronavirus but he can use it. See, our faith is not proved in the easy times. Faith is proven in the flames of adversity. Outside of testing, trial and pain, I don't believe there's any growth. And this isn't nice to say, but it is true. Think about the times in your life where you've grown, where you've stepped up, where you've walked into something bigger. It's because you've overcome a situation or circumstance. You've stepped up to the challenge. You've looked adversity in the face and you have overcome. And because of that, today, you're stronger. I believe that with God, you can overcome this season. I believe with God, you can leave this season stronger and bigger than you entered it. Not in your strength, but in his. I believe that you can have a faith that works when life doesn't. See, the very definition of perseverance is to continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty, with little or no indication. Arena Church, will we continue to follow God? Will we continue to honor Him? Will we continue to praise Him? Will we continue to put others first in this most strange of seasons? Will we persist in our pursuit of Him? Will we persevere in our pursuit of going and growing and loving and serving our world? I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, we will persevere. We will continue to seek Him. We will continue to be generous. We will continue to be open-hearted and open-handed. We will continue to be outward-focused. We will continue to bring the kingdom of God to this world in which we live. Come on, if that's you this morning, say it where you are. I will persevere. Now, as we look at James 5 today, we're going to look at three key areas for perseverance in our lives. And the first is this, that we persevere by being hopefully patient. Look at what verse 7 and 8 says. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. We are called to be hopefully patient. Why do I put hopefully there? Because I believe that hope is the only true way To be patient. See, outside of hope, I don't think we're being patient. I think we become bitter. True, true patience hopes and believes that a better season is coming, that a better day is coming. And James uses the example of a farmer waiting for rain, waiting for the growth for the valuable crop that is to come. The work's been put in, and it's time to be patient. This farmer is hopeful and expectant that tomorrow there will be growth, that there will be a harvest, that tomorrow there will be a reward. I think in this season it's been easy for people to lose their vision, to drop the dream and abandon hope. I think people have descended into feeling like there's no way out. But I want to tell you today that that is a lie. There's a hopeful and glorious future in front of you. God has a plan for you. And nothing in this world can stop that as long as you persevere with Him. Can I be honest for a second? I know patience is a fruit of the Spirit, but it's something that I struggle with. I want everything to happen now, and sometimes now isn't quick enough. But God's using this season to teach me how to be patient, how to be still, how to be quiet. And in the world we live, it's very easy to never be still. If you think about the advertisement of technology, it rails in the face of patience. It's about loading quicker, less downtime, less boredom, less switch off time. You can order something today and in a lot of places, get it today. We're forgetting what it's like to be patient, to wait, to be hopefully still. And this has led to our minds being fried and us forgetting how to rest, to breathe, to enjoy a walk, to fully engage in conversation, to be present. Maybe this season, God is saying, take a breather. Learn how to really rest, not with social media and TV and shopping. Learn how to connect with your family. Learn how to be silent and still. Learn how to connect with your God. See, patience builds strength. Patience leads to peace. Patience yields rest. Matthew 11:28, 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, a lot of us have never been less busy but needed more rest. Why is that? Maybe it's because what we call rest isn't really rest at all. See, patience allows for moments of rest. Not to check in with the world on the web. Not to binge watch that box set, but to reconnect with God and with people. To laugh and to cry, to explore and to dream, to discuss and to listen. In the message version of Matthew 11:28, Jesus' words are translated, I will show you how to take a real rest. Maybe this is the moment where we learn what real rest is. I love how James signs his verse off. He says, Be patient and stand firm. Because patience at times can be misinterpreted as inaction or laziness, but that is not what it is. Patience is active, patience is key in the process of building a life and working towards a dream. Patience is the crucible where our character is formed so that we can stand firm. See, without patience, we don't stand firm. We're blown around from whim to whim, conducting worthless activity, trying to circumnavigate the process. And as Abraham found out in the Bible, when you try to circumnavigate God's process, you always make a mess. Let us be patient. Let us stand firm. The next thing is that we're called to persevere By throwing ourselves on God in prayer. Verse 13 to 18 says this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. See, if we want to persevere, it will be by throwing ourselves on the grace and mercy of God through prayer. We see here the power of prayer. I love James' certainty when he says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. I want to ask today, do you have that faith when you pray? Or do you come out of times of prayer with cynicism and doubt? Please, I don't want to condemn anyone today because there are times when this creeps into my prayer life. We pray for breakthrough and expect nothing to change. We pray for healing and walk away expecting to be sick. We pray for guidance and go into our working day worrying about our path. I know that this will resonate with many people. Because this is the voice of doubt that rails against faith in Jesus. It's the voice of the, of the accuser that we've all experienced. Can God do that? It won't happen straight away. Well, the other person didn't get healed, so why will this be different? But James here is so certain, so firm. While we know that all prayers aren't answered in the way that we want them to be, we need to have faith that God answers our prayers. I want to tell you today that when you seek God in authenticity, He hears you, He answers, He shows up. Not always in the way that we expect, but I want to tell you that He shows up. I think at times we limit ourselves in prayer because we're double-minded through allowing and giving that accusatory voice to spotlight. Look at James 1, verse 6 to 8. It says, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Let us be confident. Let us be bold. Let us be certain that our God hears, our God cares, our God listens, and He will come through. See, sometimes the answer to our prayer is, keep going, I'm with you. Sometimes the answer is just a little longer. Keep pressing in and see what I'll do. Sometimes the answer is so shall it be today. Let us not be double-minded. Let us have the assurance that James has that as we ask and as we seek, so it shall be done. James then uses the distinction of bringing a matter of escalation to the elders of the church. In arena, we anoint people With oil at times, as the Bible outlines, and as it's clear, at the moment, this is a tougher proposition. But we do have the escalation point of you sending in prayer requests. This is why. And in dire and tough situations, we go to the elders of the church, and they anoint us with oil. You might say, Josh, why do we need to go to the elders? We've all got access to God, and you were so right. Here at Arena, we believe in the priesthood of all believers, which basically means we all have direct access to God. But as James outlines here, there's a unique anointing on those appointed to church leadership for breakthrough in these areas. I think that this is as much to do with honour and submission to God and His appointed leadership as anything else. He's put our leaders in the places that He has so that they can best serve his church. We move back on in our verse and James says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so you may be healed. James relates the confession of sin to being healed and you might think today, Josh, that sounds mean or harsh. Why do we have to confess our sin to receive healing? Well, we need to confess our sins before God because that's the start of a relationship with Him. If you believe you're without sin, if you believe you haven't erred or wrong, if you haven't made a misstep or mistake, then how can you humble yourself to ask and expect the God of heaven and earth to forgive you? If you're without fault, then you're without need of God. I believe that when we refuse to acknowledge our shortcomings, We're arrogant at worst and deluded at best. True healing flows from humility. Acknowledging our true position as flawed and in need of a loving saviour. If you can't do that, if you can't be wrong, then you'll block God's healing flow to your life. I believe the best thing that we can do each day is acknowledge our weaknesses in the presence of God. James goes on to say the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I love this because it can seem so contradictory to the last part. Because if we've sinned, if we have sinned, how can we be righteous? And you're right. In our own strength, this is impossible. But as the Apostle Paul says, his power is made perfect in our weakness. As we acknowledge our true position in his presence, we take on a strength, an authority that isn't our own, but was won by Jesus on the cross. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? But look at what Paul says in Romans 5, verse 1 to 3. Therefore, since we have been made righteous through his faithfulness, combined with our faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand through Him. And we boast in the hope of God's glory. Not only that, we even take pride in our problems. See, because of Jesus, our sin is no longer an issue because He swept it away. We're not made righteous because what we have done. We're made righteous because of what He did on the cross if you've acknowledged your need for Jesus today, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you'll do tomorrow, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Come on, somebody today, declare that. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. In this season, I know many people's relationship with God has been challenged or revealed as lacking. I find it curious that When we need to be connected to God the most, we're most challenged to drop those disciplines. Why is that? I believe that's because there's an enemy who wants you down and out. And he knows that when you connect with God, God will lift you. God will raise you. He'll stand you on your feet. He will be your strength. He'll carry you when you can't walk any longer. I believe there's an awakening coming where the people of God will seek Him in spirit and truth. Where they'll seek Him first thing in the morning. Where they'll walk with Him in their day. Where they'll honour Him at night. Is this the season that the church of Jesus wakes up and become all we are called to be? I believe He's shouting us to wake up from a lukewarm religion to a life-changing relationship. Like Revelation says, I believe that in this moment, Jesus is standing at the door of his church and knocking. Will we hear his call? I want to tell you that cool Christianity will get us nowhere. I'm fed up of cool Christianity because cool means fitting in. It's okay to be cool, but if cool's our only object, then we've got an issue. If it's our only desire, if it's being cool and fitting in above everything else, I want to tell you, we will miss the mark because that will only go surface deep. It'll always be about fitting in. And we aren't called to fit in. We're called to be children of God. We're called to go deep. We're called to truly know God, to live different. And this won't come outside of a prayer life. God's calling you. He stands at the door of your life and knocks. Are you gonna let him in? Let's not give up the disciplines and the pioneers of our faith passed on. Our prayer lives aren't supposed to be a fast food meal that we dip in and dip out of whenever we fancy. Called to be our daily bread that sustains us. Come on, let's let's not treat our prayer life with contempt, with laziness, without importance or prominence. Let's treat our prayer life with utmost discipline and respect. Set time aside to get away with God, to speak to God, to be with him. How can God be first in our lives if we don't give him time in our day? I don't want to say this like I've got it all together. There's been times in my life when I've been lax. But there's disciplines I've built into my life every day that lead me to God. And the last thing is this. We're called to persevere by realizing that process is God's framework for growth. Verse 7 and 8 in the message version says this. Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the master's arrival. You see, farmers do this all the time, waiting for their valuable crops to mature. Patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong. The master could arrive at any time. We see from James 5 that God uses process to build strength, maturity, and equip. That God takes and uses the processes of our world to build us up, to ensure we're rounded. When you think about the systems of our world, you realize that God loves process, and therefore there must be a reason for process. Think about the process of childbirth, Or the sun rising in the morning and setting to usher in evening. The process of the different seasons. The process of our life. There is process in everything. Couldn't God have made it so a child just arrives and it's nice and neat and easy? Or there's never night or it's always sunny and beautiful? Of course he could. But that wouldn't be for our good. God uses process to build strength in those that he loves. In a simplistic way we've all seen what happens when you circumnavigate process in a child. If they always get what they want when they want it without working or waiting they become spoiled and rude and it's so true that this is how we become as well. Just think for a second about your greatest achievement maybe setting up that business or raising that child or winning that trophy. I bet your greatest achievement because you had to work at it. You had to overcome adversity. You had to be disciplined. In other words, it's your greatest achievement because there was a process. If you strip process from life, then our wins lose all of their weight. There's no satisfaction. When you think about it, the journey of the process is what makes the achievement an achievement. You might be going through something right now, building that business, saving to buy a house, working to a position in your career, whatever it may may be. I want to encourage you to embrace the process, the hard bits, the messy bits, the tough bits, the gritty bits, embrace the process because the process will yield a great reward. If you look at all the characters of the Bible, While they saw breakthrough, God always used process to bring them into their destiny. For Noah, God used the process of building a boat to equip him for the flood to come. For Abraham, God used the process of waiting for a son to cement a legacy that would last forever. For Moses, God used the process of the anonymity of the wilderness to ensure he had the humility to lead a nation. For Joseph... God used the process of the prison to prepare him for the greatness that was within him. For David, God used the process of being a shepherd boy, fighting the lion and the bear to prepare him to win his greatest battles. See, I could go on and on, but if you'll yield to God's purpose, plan and process, he'll prepare you for the dream that he's placed in your heart. Where you are right now, it might be painful. Your journey might be hard. But I want to tell you today that you can do this. You can get through it. That you're going to be okay. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Do you think Noah enjoyed being ridiculed when building a boat and it hadn't rained for years? Or Abraham was happy about waiting for his natural heir? Or Moses felt good about being publicly shamed and chased out of his nation? Do you think it was nice when Joseph was sat in that prison or David had to risk his life to save the sheep? Of course it wasn't. There were dark and hard times and they didn't always see what God was doing. But just because we can't see what he's doing doesn't mean he isn't doing something. In this moment, God is doing something in you. He's preparing you for what's to come. He is trying to reveal the gold within you that can only come through the power of process. And here's the amazing thing even the mistakes we make, even the evil that happens to us in this world that God didn't ordain, in His grace, He can turn it around for our good. Romans 8 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to his purpose. I want to tell you today that if you persevere with patience, prayer and trust in his process, God will lead you into a new day. You will triumph over adversity and you will step into the God-ordained vision for your life. Is there anyone online today that says, I will persevere? I will keep going no matter what comes against me. I've decided that I'm going to pursue God's plan for my life. Is there anyone here today that says I'm going to make the most of this season? I'm going to make the most of what God has given me. Come on, as we're patient, as we seek Him in prayer, as we trust in His process, we'll have a faith that works when life doesn't. If today you're here and you don't know God I want to give you an invitation right now to get to know him you might have heard what I've said and you've felt like you're facing the storm that's around you at the moment all on your own because you just don't know God I want to tell you you don't need to do that you might have heard all different things about God but I want to tell you this is true he loves you John 3 16 says for God so loved the world that he gave His only Son. Today, if you want to get to know this Jesus, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus today, there's going to be a button that comes up on the screen. I want you to click that that will say, I want to get to know Jesus. And I want to pray for you right now. God, for every person that has decided to start a relationship with you today, I pray they will come to you in openness and honesty. That they come to you and bring their best bits and their worst bits and they'd submit it all to you father and as they do this that you would walk with them that you would help them that you would lift them up in this moment and they'd live the life that they were created to live now for everybody else today and this message maybe has resonated with you maybe You've not been patient in this season. Maybe you've struggled in that area. Maybe you've dropped your prayer life and you're not spending time with God at all and that's hurt you. Maybe in this season you haven't committed to process and you've just been walking around aimlessly. If any of those things apply to you today, I want to pray for you right now that you would have a faith that works when life does not. So God, for everybody listening today, Lord, where we've not been patient. God, where we've not put you first in our lives through prayer. God, where we've not committed to your process, where we've questioned your process. Father, I pray that you would help us. I pray you would help us to be hopefully patient. I pray you'd help us to seek you in prayer. I pray you would give us the strength to walk and trust in your process. And I pray, Father, for Arena Church... That we will be people who have a faith that works when life doesn't. Amen. It's been so good to have you with us.